You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the First and Ten Podcast, brought to you by Blogging the Boys, powered by SB Nation. As always, Tony Catalina and Aiden Davis here to give you all the latest Cowboys news. Um, Aiden Davis, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. I know I've talked about it on the show before, and I'm not gonna. I don't want to be. Don't want to distract from this being a Cowboys podcast, but. Right now, as of this recording, it looks like the Texas Longhorns are going to advance to the Super Regional. I mm. hope that this doesn't bite bite me because there's a, we're up nine to four right now, so things could change. But I'm doing well. <laughs> it could change drastically over the next yeah. 45 minutes, so <laughs> we'll probably have to revisit that at the end of the show here. But um, speaking of like the college ranks, um. Are you are you getting excited for some college football? I saw this weekend that they were talking about uh, some of the first week slate games kind of kind of getting out there. I mean, when I saw that, I kind of got that like butterfly feeling like, hey, we're a lot closer than we think. I started doing a, a Cowboys countdown. So um, I saw that. Rest- yeah, I, I'm excited, man. I'm at that point now where like this stuff to talk about. It's not jam packed. But you know what? Like I can kind of slowly, surely get us into season mode here. I do think in about a week two weeks once the nba i guess it's two weeks once the nba final ends and once the stanley cup's over like this is the dog days it's like that's when i really start gearing up like i'm consuming every type of football content because there is literally nothing to watch other than baseball which i mean our our, my rangers are doing well right now but that's not something that i can watch super closely so Mm -hmm. yeah we're officially entering the time where anything nfl related i'll just have highlights on replay just because it's football you know what? I was actually talking to my wife and I kind of got invested in it the last couple of weeks. And um, it's funny. I don't know if how you feel about it or if you've ever tried it, but I'm fully like invested in the pickleball world right now. Have you ever played pickleball? I saw you the tweet of you playing pickleball. If we are ever together, we need to yeah. play pickleball. I love pickleball. Okay. And I know. Yeah. I mean, I'm a white guy who's post-college so like i guess it's only natural that i pick up pickleball but I'm, i love it yeah i um i just started playing in the last couple of weeks i've been going you know i've been trying to go a couple of times i've been like and you know how tiktok works it's all over my algorithm now so like i'm seeing nothing but pickleball and it's working like but i only mention that because this is like what i'm trying to like get me the football season now right like i'm so football centric if i can find another sport that i enjoy that is new or unique to me like i'm so like obsessed about pickleball right now and it'll probably take me until september no it's a great sport i highly recommend to anybody who's listening who has not tried pickleball it's does not take a lot of energy, but it is insanely fun. Well, if so, if you had to describe it, like the way I learned it or kind of thought of it, it was like it's like a cross between ping pong and tennis, right? Like a, a smaller yeah. court tennis. It's it's fun. I mean, I'm 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 totally sold into it. So <laughs> I I saw a tweet yesterday that was like it said something along the lines of pickleball is for people. Pickleball is. For people who enjoy tennis, but also for people who walk the mile in high school. And I thought that was kind of a apt description. Like it doesn't take a lot, but it's still fun. That's like that describes me perfectly because I said to my wife, I'm like, you know, like, what can we do that's active? I'm terrible at golf. Like I'm a really bad golfer. I'm so horrible. Yeah. It's one of those things where like I, I don't golf as much as I probably should because I'm so bad. I'm de- like deterred by it. Like, so I'm like, I got to find a sport. What can me and my wife do together that is active? You can get outside. And we thought about tennis, but I'm like, tennis is like a whole thing. You know, it's like a, it's a big core. It's, it's, it's a lot. I'm like, you know what? Pickleball is like the perfect starter activity for me. <laughs> I've, I've tried to have, have you tried tennis i'm just horrible at it like i can't get i literally (laughs) physically can't get it to like stay in the lines 
<laughs> I don't understand the physics behind how you get it over the net, but get it to land in the lines. I'm yeah. horrific at tennis. It's tough. And like I always, you know, we're, this isn't a pickleball podcast, but <laughs> I see a lot of the guys who are good at tennis, like end up going pro in pickleball and become like nasty. Like they just switch sides and they're like, all right, we'll dominate this new sport. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, I can get some more fun, get a little exercise from it, but it, it's a good time. And um, speaking of good time is, uh, the Dallas Cowboys and Trayvon Diggs, our first segment was something yep. that uh, we definitely wanted to get into. If you hadn't heard from it, I'm sure you have heard about it. But Trayvon Diggs and the Cowboys have started preliminary conversations about their, um, you know, getting his contract done, for lack of a better term. And, you know, if you look at all the conversation here, they say the market value for the top cornerbacks is around $20 million per year. Uh, you know, first question before we kind of get your initial thoughts real simply, is he north or south of $20 million in your mind? I think it's going to be slightly north, but I think that's a good projection. Like, I think Jerry just has a tendency to overpay players a little bit, especially players that players that are marquee. You can throw on the programs at the beginning of the season. And so I, th I expect him to be like north of 20 million, but like we're talking about 21, 22 a year, maybe. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, if you're you're paying a top NFL cornerback, I have no problem with that. Yeah, I, 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 that's like it's easy when you get the benchmarks of what people are making. So it's kind of you can kind of tip your hand what you think. But I won't put you on the spot unless you have a, a you know contract in mind. But I'm thinking four years, eighty eight million dollars is probably what he'll end up with. That's just my guess. Yeah. And twenty two a year annually. And um, I think he's worth it. And I think that would be a good move for both parties involved. Yeah, I saw some like there's some I don't know how like, I haven't looked to see how accurate it is, but there's some like Twitter account that does a pretty good job, at least in my mind, of projecting salaries. They had him at, I think it was four years, 81 million. So yeah. that would be like literally just north of 20 million. And like when you're, t I'm, here's the thing, you're going to have to pay Parsons eventually. You're going to have to pay CeeDee Lamb. And that's why I think we've both been talking about like 2023 is a season where if the Cowboys wanted to go all in, they should, because I mean, we're, t we're going to, we're going to start talking about some very big contracts coming up and it's going to make it real difficult to sign players in the off season. Yeah. And so I'll ask you this simply. Um, do you think he gets done before the season starts? Oh, doo -doo. I don't think so. That's not the Jerry way. Jerry no. likes to prolong it. No, I don't. I mean, it wouldn't shock me I would if it was just one of those things that we just wake up to on like a random Wednesday morning in July that they've agreed to a contract. But my thing is, is they're at the same time, they're also probably negotiating with CeeDee Lamb at this point. Like if they're talking to Trayvon, I would I would be shocked if they weren't also talking to CeeDee's people at the same time. And so I expect this to drag out a little bit because of the fact that they're going to be balancing both as well as making sure that both contracts are feasible in the long term. Yeah. And that's so it's funny you mentioned that because because that was part of part of my point that I was going to bring up. Like, I think it does get done because of the, you know, the the sounds we're hearing on the Internet. Right. Like usually yeah. with the Cowboys, they're they're very like loose lips about things when it comes to contracts. Like you kind of know what the Cowboys are thinking. It's usually leaked into the media. So the fact that mm -hmm. Trayvon Diggs specifically is getting talked about is interesting to me. And so I, I do think there's a chance it gets done. But then that to me begs the question or the next question I'll ask you the pivot off of this is like, would you have gotten CD done first or Trayvon done first? Because right now at this point, it's, I mean, they're both due. Yeah, they're absolutely both due. My, this is to me a very easy answer to me. It's absolutely 100% CD's contract should get done first. And the sole reason is because Justin Jefferson's coming up for yep. a contract. T Higgins is coming up for a contract. In another year, Jamar Chase is going to be up for a contract. And so these are, if you start like, if the Justin Jefferson contract comes out, it's going to be, we're probably talking about 26, 27, 28 million. Like it's going to be a massive contract because you're paying the best wide receiver in football who's still young. And so you don't want to be following that contract because mm -hmm. although CD's not as good as Justin Jefferson, he's close enough to where I think his agents are going to be. If that Justin Jefferson contract comes out, do you think his agents are going to like the agents CD's agents are going to say beat it because that's we're what next they'll up? Ask for. I think that's yeah. what they'll ask for, but I don't, I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah, you want to beat the Jeff the Justin Jefferson clock in my opinion for that. But at the same time, I don't know how, how disrespectful they want to get, but if Justin, Justin Jefferson makes X and they ask for it, I would just be like, no, 
You know what I mean? If I'm the Cowboys, like I'm not, he's not Jeff, Justin Jefferson. He may be a step below, but, and that's no disrespect. I think a lot of people have a a lot of respect for Justin Jefferson, but you're right. I think Justin Jefferson's rooting for people to get this contract because then that's only going to push him up. So I am a little, um, not, not confused, but a little surprised that we're hearing so much about Diggs rather than CD at this juncture. I agree. And like I, I mentioned also, but, or I'm, kind of alluded to this point i uh, i'm 100 percent on board with you cd is not justin jefferson no receiver in the nfl right now is justin jefferson but i do think like it's just the way contracts go like if justin jefferson gets his contract and let's say it's 27 million i have a hard time believing that it cd's people are gonna be like okay we know cd's not as good as justin jefferson we'll take less money it's just like yeah, when Dak got his contract, he wasn't the best quarterback in the NFL, but he got paid the most just because that's how quarterback contracts work, and it's similar with receiver contracts. So I wouldn't be surprised if CD's people make them beat the Jefferson offer if they have to follow. Do you remember, Um, this is years ago, but do you remember when Des Bryant got paid and then Demarius Thomas got like $100,000 more like two yeah, hours later? Exactly, yeah. Like, yeah, so it's, I mean, we've seen this, we know this, and it's it's highly possible we could be in that type of situation. Receivers are the most interesting players on any football team. And to like, just if you're following their tweets, if you're following like what they're saying to the media, they're very interesting people, very weird people, and very petty people. And receivers want to get paid. And yeah. CD's going to want to get paid. Let me ask you, staying on the cornerback Trayvon Diggs uh, conversation, I wrote an article or kind of a piece, a think piece about pro football focus, put it together, a top 10 cornerbacks list. Yep. And they had Stefan Gilmore and Trayvon Diggs on both that list. Interestingly enough, and I think it was Sam Munson from um, from pro football folks to put it together. Um, I I know that pro football focus in Trayvon Diggs have like a weird history, but <laughs> but were you as surprised as I was about the fact that he had Gilmore above Diggs? Because I don't think anybody in Dallas actually believes that to be true. I see. Here's my thing. When the list came out, I wasn't surprised about where they put Diggs. Like what Diggs was eight, right? Yeah, like, I think he was like yeah. yeah, he's like seven or eight, and but like Gilmore's like three or four higher than him. Yeah, I think yeah. So so to me like. Diggs being at eight, I don't hate that. Like I under, I recognize like cornerbacks like Sauce Gardner, like what we've seen from Jalen Ramsey in past seasons. Yeah, they're that, those are better cornerbacks than Diggs. So I I didn't have a problem with the eight ranking, I, but like you mentioned, I did have a problem with Gilmore being above Diggs. Not necessarily like I don't hate it. Sure, yeah, I love having two top ten cornerbacks. But in my yeah. mind, Gilmore is no no longer a top ten cornerback in the NFL. Not I don't even yeah. think he's really close. I don't know if I'd put him put at him 10, in like the, yeah, maybe but, 10, but like I definitely would not put him above Diggs in my mind. Like I thought that was crazy. Like, yeah, people like he left off guys like Tariq Woolen, friend of the show. We He left off like Marlon Humphrey. I was like, it's interesting that they view Gilmore this highly because like I love it. I love having two top 10 cornerbacks. But like if I'm being honest, I don't even think I have Gilmore in like top 15, top 20. Mm. So would you? So you said he's you're comfortable with Diggs at eight. Would yeah, you put, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm probably a slightly higher. Like I always talk about Dak. I think Dak's squarely in the seven to ten range. If Agreed. you ask me, I could see I see Trayvon Diggs in the five to seven range, and like more close to five, right? I think that he could be a, a top five guy. I mean, eleven interceptions followed up by not as crazy numbers, but better technically last year in 2022. Still a Pro Bowl cornerback. Um, cleaned up a lot of the things that a pro or like a publication like pro football focus was giving him a lot of grief for. And I think overall he just p- played a better brand of football last year. So I think Trayvon Diggs, his best is still yet to come. Oh, I completely agree. And when I said I was comfortable with Diggs at eight, that was more of like, I wasn't disappointed in the ranking less that yeah. I agree with it. If I had to, I think Diggs might be in my, it might be inside my top five and that might just be the Cowboys bias coming out in me. But when you look at when he had to line up against guys like Jamar Chase, when he had to line up against guys like Justin Jefferson, and it was just pure, I'm not going to ball hawk this. I'm just going to cover them. Trayvon Diggs shuts them down. And yeah. so, yeah, to me, Diggs, when he needs, when he's not going for the interceptions, which by the way, is a huge momentum changer that like, Please keep going for interceptions. We need that ball hawking ability, and it's the staple of the Dan Quinn defense. But when he just has to line up against and play tight coverage, he does that with the best. So, yeah, I think he'd be inside my top five. And my whole thing with Trayvon Diggs is, and, you know, there isn't enough time in the world to kind of have this conversation, but the Cowboys are 
polarizing beyond belief, right? On the national global stage, the Dallas Cowboys are a phenomenon. Like it's crazy. Um, and I think that hurts our players. I think the people that we root for, they get they get scrutinized a lot more than a lot of other teams and are a lot, a lot of players. So I think when Trayvon digs his, his negatives are going to be shout from the rooftops a lot more than his positives will. And I think that's something that Dak Prescott suffers with too. So, you know, for me, I I just think that Trayvon Diggs is better than maybe he's nationally perceived. And, and I do blame, you know, pro football focus for that narrative that was in 2021. So, um, yep. I think I think if he has another year this year, you know, whether he gets paid or not this offseason, if he can go out there and and just kind of put a statement season together and, and think about it. Right. And this is kind of my whole point was you remember how like I was having conversations with people after the playoff game. They were like, well, Trayvon Diggs doesn't like to tackle or he's not aggressive. I'm like, why are we having this conversation about Trayvon Diggs when like <laughs> everyone knows that like this, what he is and what cornerbacks are. Let's be real. There's a handful of guys that like getting their nose dirty, but he covers, he breaks passes up, he intercepts the ball. And now you're saying, oh, he should have, he should have lit George Kittle up. You know what I mean? Like over the middle, it's like, please leave me alone with that. And I just think it's maybe a Cowboys bias that probably isn't fair on how we grade and look at these guys that wear star in the helmet i completely agree like the whole tack like the trayvon Diggs doesn't like to tackle thing like yeah you can kind of see it and i kind of see where you're coming from but at the same time how big is like hitting hard like how how much are we weighing that into a quarterback's criteria because corners like if they have to tackle they did something wrong it means they allowed a pass you know, Raymond Diggs did not have to tackle a lot because he does not allow a lot of passes. No. And, and you know, I'll, before we wrap it up and get to our next segment, I just, I encourage people who are on TikTok, I encourage everybody to look up the Austin Eckler thing. Did you hear about that? No. Austin Eckler was talking about Trayvon Diggs and saying it was the hardest he's ever been hit in an NFL game was from Trayvon Diggs. So really, it, it, yeah, look it up. I saw it, it came across my timeline and he said that like Trayvon Diggs put a shoulder into him, hit him right under the chin. And he said it was the hardest he's ever been hit. So, you know, I, I think some of these narratives can get a little crazy and a little kooky. And I think that's one of them. So, um, cornerbacks aren't paid to, to be these all world tacklers. They're, they're paid to be all world oh. cornerbacks. And that's what <laughs> Trayvon Diggs is. So, um, <laughs> that is good conversation. Trayvon Diggs there. Hopefully he gets that done. I'm in the camp that, you know, the sooner, the better. I think you feel the same way with that. Um, but, but on to the next positive feeling and now listen, first and 10 podcast today, a lot of positive things to look at. And you know, one of them that we're going to talk about is Tony Pollard saying himself that he's slightly ahead of schedule and feels faster. Um, are you buying that? Do you think that's real? Or do you think that's just, Hey, best, best uh, shape of my life season right now? I'm not buying that. He feels faster to me. That seems like a little bit of a stretch. Like what, in what <laughs> world would you would you just rebound fast? Bionic it's like, ankle. Like, yeah. like, what's the movie? Is that Rookie of the Year? Where the oh, yeah, kid, yeah, the arm fix. Just, yeah, rolling yeah. daughter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're not in Rookie of the Year world, so I'm not buying the faster. But the fact that he's on pace to make training camp to me is huge because what we've seen is that players that enter training camp hurt. It's not necessarily that they're gonna like. Like they get healthy for the season, but you need that training camp to like Pollard's doing, start trusting that leg again, start working out with the team, getting those simulated reps that you're going to see week one. So I, I, we really underestimate how valuable it is to enter training camp healthy. And so like a couple of years ago when Dak wasn't healthy during like that turned into a real thing and you saw him get injured in week six that year. And I, I know it wasn't the same injury by any means, but like, it, that, it's just really helpful to enter training camp healthy and to get those reps with the team. So to me, this is, it's not non-news to me. Like this is, it's great that he's going to be healthy for training camp. I totally agree. And, you know, to add on to that, he actually elaborated that he's cleared to go. They're just being smart. So yeah. like he could, if they had to, he could go out there and full, be full pad, but we know they don't do that for the OTAs anyway. So it's might as well just get the mental reps and not put him through something that's going to, you know, really hinder, excuse me, hinder him. But, you know, Tony Pollard is, here's a question. I kind of want to piggyback off of that too, is how do you feel about him being the main guy? I don't think he's ever been the main guy, even back in the college. What was like Daryl, Daryl Henderson in Memphis. Like yeah. he's always had like a one, two punch, like, this is his real first chance to, you know, again, he's in a rookie year again. I mean, excuse me, a contract year again with it being a franchise tag. So um, 
do you buy into to Tony Pollard being the main guy? Is this like something that like we're going to get the best out of him? Or do you think there's a chance that maybe he doesn't arise to the occasion? I do. I worry about two things. Number one is I think we're dismissing the fact, not like we as a me and you, but I think Cowboys Nation is largely dismissing the fact that he is re- he is returning from an injury this year, so I know he says he feels faster, but there is a world where we see a slower version of Pollard because it was what what was the official injury? Was it like, like a, a broken tibula? Broken with an ankle, tibula, yeah, with, yeah, like a high ankle sprain with like a broken yeah. tibia, I believe. Like there's a there's a a world exists where we see a slower version of Pollard, especially as he starts aging a little bit. Now I'm not saying we're just Tony Pollard's going to be broken and he's going to turn into an unusable running back but i do think we have to like that's one thing that makes me raise my eyebrows the second thing is i i trust tony pollard to be a like heavily involved i don't trust him not that i don't trust him i don't know how well he's going to handle getting all the carries all the time because i mean we saw it last year he did admit to getting gassed and like and we over blew that a little bit but like I you're right. I don't know if he can be like between the tackles, 20 touches a game type of guy. Like we haven't seen that over the course of a full season. So like, I believe he can do it. And I believe Tony Pollard's could be a good running back this year. But if we're looking at two things that make me raise my eyebrows, it would be those two things. Yeah. And you know, I think it's fair to have these questions and two things can be true at once where we're yeah. really excited that Tony Pollard is back, right? He's here for another year. He's explosive. He's one of our best offensive weapons. No denying that. But also in the pit of my stomach, I'm a little nervous to see what he does off the injury. We've seen guys, you know, obviously his injury, you're not minimizing anything. There's been more serious injuries, right? There's guys yeah. like Michael Gallup who have had more serious injuries who who couldn't find it this year, right? This is Tony Pollard's, like, one shot as the main guy before he ends up somewhere else. So the Cowboys sign him to a long-term deal, however that shakes out. So, I'm holding my breath a little bit collectively saying like, man, I would love to see it. I would love to see that first time he hits the edge and he he, he goes for 30. You know what I mean? I really want to see that. I think we need to see that. But if that is the case, then I can buy into what he's saying. Now, I want to believe it. You know, I'm drinking the, the blue Kool-Aid. I want to believe what he's saying is true. But, you know, do you take his word for it here? Or do you think that's more so like, hey, listen, I'm supremely confident. I'm Tony Pollard. Don't you know I'm like the best guy in the world? So do you think it's some of that talk or do you actually think it's real? I mean, if if we do want encouragement, we could follow what the Cowboys have done, like just follow the money. And that's most almost always in terms of the NFL. If you want truth, don't listen to coaches. Don't listen to GMs. Don't listen to players. Just follow the money. If we follow the money, I mean, the Cowboys invested what a that minimum contract in Ronald Jones, and then they mm. spend a six round pick on a running back. Like that's not heavy investment. They know where Tony Pollard's at. They've known where Tony Pollard is at the entire offseason. They knew where Tony Pollard was at during the draft. They knew where Tony Pollard was at during the free agency. And yet they haven't done much at the running back position. That tells me that the team's very confident that they can rely on him to be a, a 20 touch type of guy this year. So, I mean, maybe I'm, maybe I'm, concern for nothing because if we follow what the Cowboys have done and we follow the money they trust Tony Pollard this year that's an excellent point that's an excellent point because you know if if Tony Pollard isn't who they think he is then you got a serious like question mark at running back that I don't think yeah. a lot of people are prepared for so I think that isn't um, a, a well said well thought out thing there my question I have a, a, a second question off of that we'll stay in the running back room here um um I wrote an article I believe it so if I say it I mean it um uh, do you believe in Ronald Jones as being the number two? Or do you think, I mean, we had this conversation a little bit. Uh, do you think he's kind of going to go to the wayside? Or are you in the, the Jones camp with me? I don't believe in Ronald Jones personally. Oh, at no. Least watch, <laughs> <laughs> at least watching his time in Tampa Bay, where I didn't really, I, that did not inspire me that much in terms of what he did on the field. But I will say, I do think Tony Pollard's going to be better, not Tony Pollard, Ronald Jones could be very useful in short yardage situations. We've talked about this with Tony Pollard's size. He's not like he's, he's really good about if you need one yard, he can probably dance around and get to the edge and make some magic for one yard. But if you're talking about like between the tackles, we just need one yard. That's, that's Ronald Jones job. Unless you're going to give it to Hunter Lupecki. Is that how you pronounce the last name? Yeah, I thought, yeah, Hunter 
I've been, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> All right, yeah. Unless you want to give it to the fullback, that's gonna be Ronald Jones' job. Yeah, my my whole thing is right, and um, I don't know if you saw my tweet. Did you see the tweet I put up with the Derrick Henry and Aaron Jones numbers? No, I don't think so. Okay, so and I know the sample size; they get the football a lot more than than Ronald Jones has in his career. So I understand. Okay. Take it with a grain of salt. Ronald Jones has seven fumbles in his entire career. Okay, and he gets labeled as a guy who fumbles the ball a lot. And comparatively speaking, I think he's touched the ball 582 times and he's had seven fumbles. How many fumbles do you think Derrick Henry had just last year? How do do you have the touches number for Derrick Henry? His like touches or ballparkish? Because I, I know was he in was in threes. Injured. Yeah, I think it was. Okay, so actually, 300. No, it, I think it was in threes, but I can double check that. All right, then I'm gonna say, I mean. Without the preface, I would have said one, zero. I don't know. I okay. didn't. Now, what about Aaron Jones? What do you think Aaron Jones had for fumbles? And you know, he gets the ball a lot, but they get AJ Dillon there. Last year alone. Aaron Jones, uh, another guy that I don't see his fumble, like the guy, I don't know, two, three? <laughs> Aaron, so Derrick Henry had six fumbles last year alone. And Whoa. Aaron Jones had five in 2022 alone. So Ronald Jones, yeah. smaller sample size, has seven in a career, right? And Aaron Jones and Derrick Henry, who agree, we all know, has much more volume, can do that in a season, but they don't get talked about in the same light. So I think it's it's not fair to label somebody like that. And do you know how old Ronald Jones is? He's been in the league like five years. Do you know how old he is? I would assume 25. He's no, 25. No, no, he's 25. 25? Okay. He's okay. 25. So think about that. Okay, he came yeah. in the league at 20. He's not old. My man still got five seasons before he's even in his 30th year. So I don't believe in the Ronald Jones write-off, and I'm not saying you do, but there's been pushback with the fan base that, like, Ronald Jones is is who he is. This is what he is. He's not going to do that. Pacheco took his job, you know, and, um, you know, Jarek McKinnon is going to take his job. Like, no, those guys just worked perfectly with what they were doing in Kansas City. And, yeah, he just didn't fit into that mold. And when he was in Tampa Bay with Tom Brady before Leonard Fournette really got his feet, like – Ronald Jones was was doing his thing. You know what I mean? He had like 900 rushing yards. Like, we don't need that from him. But if we got a little bit, I think the one-two punch could be there. I No, I, I'm in on the Ronald Jones as the running back. I don't know. I still, I, I still, and Ronald Jones to me is the most difficult player on this Cowboys roster to get a read on because if he's running back two week one, that wouldn't surprise me one bit. If he's camp fodder and he gets cut, that also wouldn't surprise me one bit either. So it's just like I'm having a really difficult time getting a read on who Ronald Jones is going to be for this offense. But like you said, I mean, we're talking about a former starting running back and like that's not a bad guy to bring on your team. There's a lot worse players Older players specifically, you bring up the youth. He still has his legs. He didn't really get many touches in Kansas City, so it's not like he was getting worn down by that offense. Didn't get a lot in Tampa Bay either. So, like, like 500 he's had touches 100 through. And, 118 carries in the last two years combined. Yeah, so he's fr- – and so he's played four – he's a four-year vet. This will be yeah, his fifth I believe, year. I believe yeah. he's – yes. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, that's – like I said, if he's the running back too and he surprises us at times next year, that wouldn't surprise me one bit. I mean, I just I when when the signing when it initially came out, I was like, oh, that's a camp fodder guy who's just gonna get cut. But I mean, yeah, I'm especially I think it's talking to you. The conversations with you is changing my <laughs> mind about who Ronald Jones could be for this team. Well, you know, I'll I'll wrap this up before we kind of switch gears here. But for me, I look at the way way I look at Ronald Jones is I'm looking at the room as a whole. Now, it's Tony Pollard fresh off an injury and then a bunch of question marks. Like, Deuce Vaughn, to me, can be used and he can be a weapon for this team, but he's not the guy who's going to spell Tony Pollard for a series or two when when he needs a blow. You're not going to give the five foot five, 180-pound guy the, the carry between the tackles on first and 10. You know what I yeah. mean? And then Malik Davis, who everyone loves, and Rico Dow, who everyone seems to forget about, um, two guys that, you know, Malik Davis, when Tony Pollard got hurt, didn't, they didn't let him get a single touch in that 49ers game. You know what I mean? So yep. under, use the read the tea leaves. Now, I know it's a new year, but 
how they feel about those guys is probably not as high as maybe the the fan base is. So Ronald Jones is a guy who's had carries, who's who's had production, who's played the game at a high level at some points. And I think what hurts him more than anything is recency bias, right? The people look at the Kansas City time, they look at the numbers, and they don't really dive into the situation or the fit. And on top of all that, if it matters, and it may not mean anything to anybody. Ronald Jones is from Texas. He's back home. There may be a comfort level with a fresh start, and who knows? They might get the best out of them i mean like i'm buying into everything you're selling here i mean if he ends up as running and a productive running back too like a 100 to probably not 200 this year but like 100 to 150 touches in this offense Mm -hmm. i wouldn't be surprised at all my question one thing that you brought up rico dowdle so this is i guess going to be our weekly rico dowdle talk (laughs) i hear he had a great ota like from what i'm hearing he had he looked good at otas my question for you if Regal Dowdle ends up getting cut, how is that is that gonna send you into a tailspin or are you are you mentally prepared for Regal Dowdle to potentially get cut if that's the case? And like yeah. I said, he had a good OTA, so it doesn't he still has it's not like he's guaranteed yeah. to get cut. I've um I've met been met with so much pushback about Ronald Jones. I might trade my fandom <laughs> and, and, and be riding the Ronald Jones train. No, but no, seriously, like I said it last year. You remember when they had Shemkin, uh, Shemkin from Harvard last year? Oh, yeah. And there were like five running backs that like people felt really good about making 53-man rosters. Like We don't know how this is going to be configured for the Cowboys, but if Rico Dow is on a 53, Malik Davis on a 53, and neither of them a year, I honestly wouldn't be surprised. I mean, yeah. I To me, that is the running back room, the most difficult room to put outside of Tony Pollard. It's going to be fun. Would you be like, like okay, so... I guess we can if we can wrap this up outside of Pollard. Give me your percentage chances that each of the remaining running backs makes the roster. Pollard's obviously 100 percent. Wow. So Pollard's 100 percent. I would put Deuce Vaughn in like the 95 percent. Right. So there's two. I think there's three. I think there's four guys fighting for one, maybe two more spots. And that's Hunter Lepke. You know, there's Ronald Jones, Malik Davis and Rico Dow. I think if Ronald Jones solidifies his job, that means Malik and Rico are gone. So I think the best thing that can happen for Malik and Rico is that Ronald Jones isn't who I think he is. So I would put Ronald Jones at 70% he makes the team, and I would put Malik and Rico Dallas at about 35 40% chance they make it with. I think Connor Lepke is probably higher than 50% too because of what he brings uniqueness-wise. Yeah, I'm I'll do this off the top of my head. So if anybody's trying to add up these percentages, don't double check my math on this. But I'd say <laughs> I think I have Deuce a little bit lower. I'm gonna say Deuce at 75 to 80. I do think a world exists where we need to prioritize size a little bit more. And I don't I still think Deuce making themes. So 75 to 80 for Deuce. I'd say Ronald Jones. I'm going to put Ronald Jones at 50%. Like I said, it mm-hmm. wouldn't surprise me either way. So I'm going to say 50% for Ronald Jones. A true coin toss for you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Hunter Lepke, I'm putting I'm putting Hunter Lepke at like 75%, like you said. Mm-hmm. You're likely going to walk into the season with a fullback, especially considering the your down running backs comparatively this year without that Zeke Pollard combo that you had. So Hunter Lepke... 75%. Then Malik and Rico, I'm going to put them both at like 30%. And I'm sure those percentages don't add up, but that's <laughs> what I'll give it. It's all right. I mean, I, I like that. I think the running back room is going to be super exciting to watch. I think it's going to be one of my favorite training camp battles. But, you know, honestly, as I pivot and try to segue to a new segment here, um, this battle that we're about to talk about here is is going to get more looks if you know i think it's going to be a lot more detrimental to see how this figured out and with that being said matt well let's go getting guard looks which i did not have on my bingo board you know i didn't <laughs> i i thought well let's matt well let's go with somebody who's definitely figured into the tackle world what is aiden davis's initial thoughts to hear that matt let's go was out there at left guard what vacations can be tricky you already know how to book flights and hotels but now the only thing you're missing is you know the actual travel experience because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home you need a tool to get the most out of your time away that's where viator steps in 
you can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I two it this is two reasons why this uh, is happening to me and I really hope it's reason A. So reason A is that they just believe in the talent of Matt Lewitz. Well, let's go. They don't necessarily see him working at tackle. So it's like uh who's Chauncey like Chauncey Golston moving to defensive tackle. It's like we see the talent there, we just don't think you're going to work at defensive end. So let's move you interior. And let's see if you can provide value there. So maybe that's what they're doing. It's like, Matt, well, let's go. Let's see how you're working at guard because we want you to be part of this team. But maybe tackle's not the right, the reason or the, the position we need you at. That's the first option. The first reason why this could be happening to me, B, is that it seems like they're kind of scrambling at guard now. And like Terrence Steele, we, we're hearing rumblings that like that's still a possibility he could move to guard. Obviously, Tyler Smith, you don't know if he's going to be playing guard this season. Now they're moving Matt Luetzko at guard. It's like, okay, left guard, clearly they don't have it figured out, and they are considering all possible combinations and possibilities. Like, why? Why are you scrambling so hard at guard? And that's just, to me, a failure to address that over the offseason. Chuma Doga wasn't enough. And I know there's a 0% chance Matt Luetzko is a starting guard week one, but the fact that you're scrambling to like, okay, who's even our backup, that's... That would be a red flag if that is the reason he's at guard. So you presented two options. Which one do you think is more realistic, A or B? Like, what do you think is actually the case? I think it's A. I think they just want to see what he can do at guard, see if that positional flexibility is there. But Is that because he's not good enough at tackle in your mind? Yeah, in my mind. We have a disagreement. We have a disagreement. Yes. You've seen enough to, like, have confidence? Let's go. No, 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 no. He's – I'm going to say this clearly – uh, or try to be as clear as I can. Matt well, let's go is like the fourth option at tackle, but I think yeah. he is an option. He's better than Josh Ball. Um, he's I agree on that. You know what I mean? So I, but I think I say that to say, I think that the five offense alignment is going to be Tyron Smith and Tyler Smith, the left guard, a left tackle and left guard. I think that's how they're going to go. Tyler, Tyron uh, yeah. Smith, Tyler Smith. If Tyron Smith gets hurt, so our two, our two tackles will be Tyron Steele and it'll be Tyron Smith. If Tyron Smith gets hurt. Then they go to option tackle number three, which would be Tyler Smith, the left tackle. If Tyler Smith gets hurt, then we'll see Matt Valetsko. So I think he's the fourth option at tackle, but I don't think that's because he's bad. I think it's because they got the Swiss Army knife that can play both inside and outside of Tyler Smith. And with the new offensive line in the room, I think they just want to see who can do what. You know what I mean? I, okay. I truly, you know what I mean? I think, yeah. and you remember, and we had talked about, I believe we talked about it last week, Tyler Smith didn't play a single lick of tackle in, in training camp, right? He was a, a college tackle who was getting all his reps at left guard, and then Tyron Smith gets hurt, what, nine, ten days before the first game of the year, and now yep. he's a left tackle. I, I think they're comfortable with his position flex that they're like, Let's see what these other guys can do. Let's keep getting you tackle reps. We know what you can do on the inside. So I don't know. Maybe that's my, that's just my like different view on it. Maybe. Do you think, are you in any way concerned about, and we talked, talked about this a little bit last week. Are you at all concerned about the fact that we haven't even heard Chuma Doga's name at all? It's like, it is funny, I think, huh? I, funny. I think the team almost is like, it's at least to me, if I'm reading the tea leaves, like 
I don't think Chuma Doga is going to make this the 53-man roster based off the fact that I haven't heard a single whisper about him yet through OTAs. Yeah, it's, I haven't, so, I haven't yeah. heard his name one time. Not even yeah, one time. So, Matt yeah. Barniak, Matt well, let's go. Josh Ball. Like We've heard Literally everybody, everybody other than Chuma Doga. Yep. Yeah, 100%. I totally agree with you. And so to me, that almost is giving credibility to like the second option I presented where it's like, oh no, the one player we signed on the offensive line this offseason isn't working out. Time to just throw the kitchen sink at it. Do you think they could they could come to that conclusion in OTAs with no pads though? Probably not. But like, why why have we not heard a lick of news from Chuma Doga? Like, I, I don't get it. Fascinating. Yeah, you know, I will say as a as a brother of a guy who played in the NFL at offensive line, and you're looking through Twitter trying to find information. Nobody cares about offensive line play unless it's a yeah. problem. You know what I mean? So yeah. Chuma Odoga, for all we know, is just doing his job. <laughs> and because he's not making waves, it's probably because he's just doing what he's supposed to do. But it's not sexy. You know, talking about offensive line play is, is not a sexy conversation. So, But you're totally right. Like, we, me and you are on the pulse of this. Like, we cover this team. We talk about this team. We write about this team. Chuma Odoga, there's got to be, like, a, a missing person out there for this. Like, dude, he is not yeah. being discussed in the Dallas media whatsoever. Yeah, and I mean, we're probably making a mountain out of, I, at least I might be making a mountain out of a molehill because, <laughs> I mean, we're talking about Chuma Doga. It's not like any of us expected him to be a, We it's not like we signed an all-pro with, that, with that free agency move. But I, I'm, I'm with you. It's just very odd to like, yeah, we've seen every possible player playing guard over this offseason outside of the one guard that we signed. Yeah, it's it's... It's it's one of those things where like you see you ask the you kind of look at the Cowboys and you're like it, there's got to be more to it right it, it can't be just this simple that like it, to me I look at them like all right they're giving everybody a crack at it right oh you think you're a guard or you think you're a tackle okay you think you can snap the ball like let's get a look here and I and I with the new offensive lineman I mean offensive line coach. I think there's merit to that. There's no pads. I know they're taking it down a notch because Mike McCarthy and the staff had been fined for their aggressiveness in the OTAs in the in the years past. But I don't know. I think it's something worth monitoring. And I also think, you know, kind of kind of wrap up this section or this um this topic here. Um, I, I think that they're overthinking it. I think the I answer agree. is already figured out. Like Tyler, Tyler Smith's career isn't going to go off the rails if he's the 2023 left guard. They'll be fine. He's got talent. He's cerebral. He's a smart kid. He can figure out the position he played all through college. You're not going to ruin this guy's mechanics in his career if he plays left guard for one more season. Agreed. Or one season at all. Yeah. But here's my question to you. Knowing, seeing as how good Tyler Smith was last year in his rookie year at tackle, and knowing that tackle is more valuable than guard, is there any thought process in your mind that's like, let's just make Tyler Smith the full time tackle? And so we have one, like, because Tyron Smith's career is coming to an end. Eventually, you're going to have to address that you're, you're, you have a hole at tackle. Terrence Steele looks to be like he can be a long term solution, but I think the jury's kind of still out on Terrence Steele. As in terms of if he's a long-term guy, do you just say no? We don't want to mess around with the tackle position. Let's just make, let's make Tyler Smith a left a tackle now. Or like, is it more of like you mentioned, where let no, let's let him have that flexibility, knowing that he can switch at any time. Well, it's it's funny to me because people always talk about don't mess with the continuity of an offensive line. Like let's not play musical chairs, but the Cowboys have been doing crazy things with their offensive line for, for the whole Mike McCarthy era, really. When Joe Philbin was here, they were mixing it oh up like gosh, crazy. Yeah. So I don't think that the Cowboys subscribe to that way of thinking, which is fine by me. If you're going to find the best five and they always talk about the best five in my world, if Tyron Smith is here, Tyron Smith figures into the best five. To me, I agree. I, he's yeah. in the best five. I think the X factor of all of this is the health of Terrence Steele for 2023. If Terrence Steele is healthy and he's your right tackle, the conversation on the left side is a very easy one for me. If he's not ready for week one, that's when there's got to be some Jenga and some Tetris being played on the offensive line. One last question for you about the offensive line. There was a report that apparently Tyron's feeling better than he has in a long time. We're hearing that he's apparently quicker. And is that... Is that like Tony Pollard? Is it just player speak, or do you? Is there any part of you that's buying into the Tyron's going to be different in twenty twenty three? To be mean, back. 
I hate to say this because I have such respect for the guy. Like injured guys stay injured. So yeah. like I'm going to have to see it to believe it. I would love for that to be true because I think we all know Tyron's a, a, a mountain of a man who is a physical specimen. His body seems to fail him more than anything. So if he can stay healthy, I, I, I'll believe that. I don't need him to be in the best shape of his life. I just need him to stay healthy because Tyron Smith, a healthy Tyron Smith is just fine. Yeah, I mean, a healthy Tyron Smith is still a Pro Bowl tackle. I'd still put like when he's on the field. Last year was a little bit of an anomaly because he was playing out of his element. But yeah, Tyron Smith, when he's when he's healthy and for what we've seen, still Pro Bowl tackle. I'm with you, though. Father time's undefeated. So I'm going to I'll I'll take that bet over player speak. Yeah, I totally agree. And the last topic will probably be a quick one. We'll wrap it up. It's uh the it, we're post June now. We're, I mean, we're J- June 1st cut. Um, all the money you get reaped from the benefit of the Zika Elliott uh, releasing. We're now, as we record this June 4th, as you're hearing this June 5th, the Cowboys have about $20 million in cap space. They know that they use this for in-season signings. They know this. They have they have contracts. We talked about at the top of the show with Trayvon Diggs, C.D. Lamb. They're going to need to sign, you know, just X, Y, and Z. They need money in reserves. With that being said, they have like a top five or six money in the league right now do you see another move pre-training camp is it a kicker is it something else or is this all the things that we know and are predictable at this point for this team so i think if i had to bet on what's going to happen i'd say it's it's likely going to be a few small guys like you said a kicker maybe like i don't know maybe another backup offensive lineman going to the, the discussion we just had maybe it's a small name wide receiver like a guy that might compete to be the five, six, fifth, sixth receiver on the roster. And I'm not predicting that we're going to get a CD or Trayvon contract, but love it. But I'm, I'm th- I think that's what they're going to do. And I think they'll walk into the season knowing that Tray, knowing that Trayvon CD are coming up. So they're just going to save that cap until next year when they need it. Yeah. I don't have any, um, grand illusions of that they're yeah. going to do something big here it's good to have the money if you need to things happen um contra- you know injuries happen so you need that little bit of money um i actually do and we talked about it we we disagreed a couple times which makes the show fun i do think that trayvon gets done before the season i think there's when right. there's smoke there's a little bit of fire there i think it would make sense i think it would make more sense to do cd lamb but the conversation seems to be about trayvon Diggs, so i'm gonna follow that smoke there um but 20 million dollars is 20 million dollars there's names floating around deandre hopkins blah 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 it would be fun would be interesting would make our shows a lot uh a lot more <laughs> funny or a lot more fun in that sense but uh, I don't believe that anything too crazy is going to happen here for the Dallas Cowboys. So the, the report came out that apparently the Cowboys are out on DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think anybody, any Cowboys yeah. fans is surprised by that. Yeah, of no. course we're not going. But my question to you, why is there any justification for 2023? The Cowboys are a contending team. They are like, I, if if you can call them Super Bowl contenders, you can call them borderline. So like they're a team that most people have them in their top five, top six teams in the NFL. Is there any like why wouldn't you make a run at DeAndre Hopkins if you have twenty million dollars? Is it the fact that DeAndre is going to need multiple years on whatever contract he signs, and you're not going to be able to afford that? Or yeah, what's the justification? I don't think they're. I don't think there is one. I think I think that when you when you talk to the Cowboys, I think more than anybody, any team in the league, we hear about it, it's a running joke. We like our guys. How many times do we hear that? Like and even <laughs> when Mike McCarthy, like quote unquote, shut shut down the DeAndre Hopkins talk, he's like, we like our room, we like the development, we like what we have there, and that's great coach speak. But at the end of the day, like if your fourth wide receiver can be Michael Gallup and you add DeAndre Hopkins to the mix, like there is teams that are going to make those calls or they're going to make those moves. You're right. If, if this is our window, go out shooting, man, go out shooting. I think the Cowboys, I'm not saying they're going to sign DeAndre, not even saying that they, like I am advocating for it, but like, if you think you can make an above the top move, that's probably out of character. I'm all on board for it. My thing is, is like if DeAndre Hopkins is looking for three, four years, like I said, Diggs is coming up, it's coming up. Parsons is will eventually come up. You're not going to be able to afford DeAndre Hopkins if he wants three, four years. But if the contract, whatever contract DeAndre Hopkins ends up signing, if it's announced as a one year deal for like 17, 18, 19, 20 million, even I will lose it because that's yeah. like, why? Why wouldn't you do that? 
but NFL contracts too are such funny money where you can yeah. like, you know, it's $2 million oh, yeah. base with a $16 million sign-in bonus or incentives. And so, yeah, like the cap is, is the most real myth alive. Like it's <laughs> real, but it's a myth. It's a myth where you like, Oh my God, it's such a hard thing. No teams have very smart front office guys who can make magic happen with money. If you want somebody, I'm willing to bet. Look at the New Orleans Saints, man. They make they Dude, do the Saints are yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So yeah, if the Cowboys want anything in the world, they can do it. And so I'm not gonna sit here and believe the most profitable sports. Did you see that by the way? We didn't talk about it, but Cowboys are the most profitable sports team in the world. I don't it was think like one point one billion a year, yeah. right? And yeah, the next closest insane. was six hundred million. It was the Patriots. Yep. So they almost doubled, or they did double how much the other next team did. So yeah, that team, the Dallas Cowboys, they can sign anybody they want. I'm sorry, like I'm not going to sit here and believe that they got to count their pennies and they're hurting. So, um, with that being said, that's probably wraps up our last segment here. Any last thoughts from you, Aiden? Yeah, based off that conversation, NFL get rid of the salary cap. Let the Dallas Cowboys Anarchy. be. Tw- yeah, let the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> be twenty time Super Bowl champions, and we'll move on. You know how bad it would be if they did have that and the Cowboys didn't win a Super Bowl? We'd be getting <laughs> killed for that. No, so you're right. <laughs> so they get rid of it, and Jerry Jones still just is like, we like our guys. Let's go development. Yeah. You know what? I think we have enough talent. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that you know that is it today for another First and Ten episode here. Brought to you by Blogging the Boys, powered by SB Nation. As always, Tony Catalina and Aiden Davis. I hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend. I will catch you next week. Peace. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash V-I-Y-A. Support for this show comes from Vanta. Dealing with loads of spreadsheets, juggling different tools, and having to do manual security checks, it can be a headache to keep up with today's compliance and security programs. Vanta is the trust management platform that wants to simplify things and bring all your trust-building efforts under one roof, making growth smoother for your whole organization. Vanta lets you automate up to 90% of compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more. Strengthen security posture and reduce third-party risk. Get $1,000 off Vanta when you go to vanta.com slash vox. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash vox for $1,000 off Vanta.